Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for today's podcast. Uh, As I like to do before all my podcasts, I like to put some dates on your radar screen regarding upcoming roundtables. We've now completed roundtables in the the Dallas area and the Seattle area, and they were just excellent. Uh, The crowds were just amazing. The facilities were just uh, above the top, and uh, the meetings just went so well. Uh, As I've said so often, being in the room is the key to growing leadership. It's not just hearing a lesson, but being in the room. And if you can be in a room, you want to be in the room. It's the difference between adding and multiplying. When you're in the room, you multiply leadership influence. So I want to encourage you that on uh, March 1st, we will be in the Orlando, Florida area. And I want to encourage you, if you're in the Florida area, you just want to find some warm weather, come down and join us. On March 8th, we will be in Albuquerque. And uh, that is such a fabulous roundtable. It is one of those that you will immensely enjoy. And then on March 15th, we will be in St. Louis area. And then on March 24th, we will be in Nashville. So March 1st, Orlando, March 8th, Albuquerque, March 15th, St. Louis, March 24th, Nashville. I want to encourage you to come and to put yourself in the room. I will guarantee you, It'll help you. It'll help you grow. You can sign up by going to my webpage, GeraldBrooksMinistries.com, and there you can sign up for these roundtables. So I just want to encourage you to come and to be a part. Also, uh, I want to thank all of you that are using uh, the curriculum that we've put out on leadership. Uh, That curriculum is just beginning to gain traction. I believe it's 17 lessons that take you from the inside of leadership to the outside of leadership, and uh, people are taking them and teaching their teams and implementing them. And if you want that, you can go online also at Gerald Brooks Ministry and find it. Hey, Today, I want to talk to you about a reality check for leaders, a reality check for leaders. You know how uh, young people will look at people and they will say, we've got to get real. Well, that's the kind of thing I want to happen today. I want to get real when it comes to this thing called leadership. And if you are a emerging leader, we need to get real. But if you're a mature leader, we need to get real also. So let me just start and say this, perspective and reality seldom match. Perspective and reality seldom match. Now, let me illustrate it this way. The perspective that people have about marriage is different than the reality of marriage. So what this means is before you're married, you have a perspective. You think that marriage is going to be a certain way, but the perspective doesn't match reality. Once you get married, all of a sudden the reality begins to set in and you're saying, oh, this is what I thought marriage was. Oh, this is what marriage really is. So you have this uh, 
difference between perspective and reality. So when it comes to marriage, the perspective is one thing. The reality is a different thing. Uh, Let's take it a step further. The perspective of parenting is one thing and the reality is a different thing. How many people do you know were expert on raising kids right up until they had their first one. They had it all figured out. They had looked at everyone else's kids and they had say, my kids will never, never be like that. Then they had their first kid. What did they do? They had the confrontation between perspective and reality, what they thought and what they were experiencing. So perspective between marriage and reality is different. The perspective between parenting and reality is different, but the perspective between leadership and reality is different. See, the perception of leadership that people have doesn't match the reality of leadership people experience. So what happens is they get frustrated. And there's so many people who get frustrated by leadership. Their leadership to people, their leadership from people, they get frustrated because the reality is different than their perspective. Well, I thought leadership was this, but then leadership ended up being something distinctly different. Why? Because the perception of leadership that people have doesn't match the reality that takes place. And that experience causes people to be frustrated. It causes there to be conflict at times. And it's all because we confuse perspective and reality. So a reality checkpoint. I want to give you an example from the ministry of Jesus. It happens in the Gospels, but we're going to look at Matthew's version in Matthew chapter 8, and it involves a leader. It involves a centurion. Now, the nature of a centurion, they were a Roman soldier, but the nature of what a centurion did was they oversaw about a hundred other soldiers. Now, this story is going to give us the background to what is the reality of leadership versus the perspective. Now, Jesus is going to look at the centurion and he is going to praise him. In fact, he's going to praise him in terms that very seldom in scripture do you see Jesus ever. This is a high five moment. He's looking at someone and said, you got it. You understand it. You recognize it. But Jesus is going to challenge us by how he high fived. And the reason he's going to look at this centurion is because of this, number one, not because he had authority, but because he understood authority. Now, I need you to get the distinction. Jesus is high-fiving him, not because he had authority, but because he understood authority. So, there is a distinction between perspective and reality. Most of us think that leadership is having authority, but Jesus is going to look at this man and he's going to say, hey, the reason you understand and you get this is not because you have authority, but because you understood authority. 
Now, that brings us to number two. He understood authority. He understood his authority, where he had authority and where he didn't have authority. So you need to understand that this man understood authority. But to understand authority, you have to understand two things, where you have authority and where you don't have authority, where you have authority, easy leadership, where you don't have authority, hard leadership, where you have authority, that's easy to lead, where you don't have authority, that's difficult. So he understood his authority and he understood where he didn't have authority But in the midst of that, he understood God's authority. He understood the authority that God has. Now, what this tells us is this. When you lead, there are areas that you have authority in. But there's always areas that you will not have authority in. Others may have it where you don't. See, leadership isn't this clean playing field where you put a dot up top and you put a dot in the bottom and say, we're going from here to here. Between that dot, there may be multiple other dots. And those multiple other dots may be people who have authority that you don't. And what this man understood was there was areas that God had authority that he didn't have authority in. So I want you to get it. Number one, Jesus is going to applaud him not because he had authority, but because he understood authority. He understood authority that he understood his own, where he had authority, where he didn't have authority, and God's authority. He recognized that there were areas that other people would have authority, but that there were areas also in which God had authority. So number three, can you lead when you do not have all the authority? There's reality. Sometimes you're thrown into a leadership mix where you're going to be asked to lead And you have some authority, but you don't have all the authority. Can you lead? Can you lead when you don't have control over everything? Can you lead when you do not have control over everything? I can't tell you how many times someone will ask this question, well, my, my pastor wants me to do this, but for me to do that, there are these other areas that I have to interact in and I don't have any authority. Welcome to leadership. Can you lead when you do not have all the authority? Can you lead when you don't have control over everything? I watch people fail in leadership because they spend all their time talking about the authority they do not have. They're just sitting there saying, man, you know, I just don't have the ability to do this. I don't have the ability to do that. They are talking about all the issues that they have to deal with. And yet Jesus is commending this man because he understood that there are areas you will have authority in and there are areas that you will not have authority. But the only person who has all the authority is God.
and Jesus is commending him. And so people end up failing because they say why they can't do something rather than how they can do something. So can you lead when you don't have control over everything? Now, that leads us to the fourth. This is where perspective and reality get messed up. Because people will say this, if I was in charge, I know what I would do. Or they'd say, if I was in charge, that's not how I would do that. So people sometimes from the outside look at leadership and they say, well, if I was in charge, this is what I would do. Or if I was in charge, this is what I wouldn't do. And from the outside, they're looking and and they're misconstruing what leadership is. Leadership isn't necessarily having the authority to do everything. Leadership is the ability to lead in places where you don't have authority, but you've learned how to lead. So if I was in charge, I know what I would do. The only people who think if they were in charge, they get to do everything have never been in charge. See, people have this misconception. Well, if I was in charge, I get to do what I want. You've never been in charge. Well, if I was in charge, I get to do it my way. You've never been in charge. Well, if I was in charge, I would get the things done that I want to do. You've never been in charge because the only way you would make those statements is, is if you've never led, because if you've led, you know that you don't get to do everything you want to, and you don't get to do it the way you want to all the time. You just get to do it. So let me illustrate. I pastor. I do not have the authority to make people come to church. I don't have the authority. If I had the authority, our church would be packed every week. But I can't make people come to church. Now, I pastor a church and I have authority, but I don't have the authority to make people come to church. I don't have the authority that when people come to church to make them give. I don't have authority that when people come to church that I can make them give. There are people who come to church and they sit in services. They never contribute one dollar. I don't have the authority to make them give. I don't have the authority to make staff stay. People all the time talk about team building. But the problem is, what do you do when you build your team And someone keeps moving the parts. So one of the things I've had to learn as a leader is that I have authority, but I don't have all the authority. Welcome to leadership. I'm pausing right there. I want you to enjoy the moment with me. I've had to learn that as a leader, I have authority, but I don't have all the authority. That's what the centurion knew. You never get to do everything you want, and you never get to do everything the way you want it. 
Why? Because you're a person with authority and you're a person under authority. So let me just give you some quick takeaways. First of all, Jesus esteemed this man's attitude. So number one, the greater the authority, the greater the submission. The greater the authority, the greater the submission. People sometimes say, well, man, I just wished I had more authority. If you have more authority, it's going to require more submission. Jesus is looking at this man and he's looking at his attitude and he sees an attitude. This is a man with authority, but he's submitted to God's authority. He's a man with authority, but he's submitted to God's authority. He's a man with authority, but he's submitted to God's authority. What does that mean? It means this. The more authority you have, the more submitted you have to be. I like to put it this way because I interact with a lot of high influential leaders. When I want to know if I can work with them, here's my question. Who can tell you no? See, if you're a leader and no one can tell you no, you're a problem. In everyone's life, there has to be someone who can tell them no. Whether it's the God factor of telling you no, whether it's a relationship factor, whether it's other leaders. See, the leader that gets in trouble is the leader that has absolutely no one to tell them no. So, the greater the authority, the greater the submission. Next, Authority is not permanent. See, this is one of the things that happens in life. There are people who God is elevating. There are people who've reached the top. There are people who are entering into slower seasons in life. One of the things you run into is people who used to be powerful. They used to have the authority. They used to have the influence. They used to have. But now they're decreasing so that God can increase through someone else. Authority is not permanent. Let me tell you that eventually that centurion, one of two things happened. He either retired or he died. Either one of those caused him to relinquish his power, and his authority. So, what do we understand about authority? Leadership is the ability to lead where you have authority, but great leadership is the ability to lead where you don't have all the authority. And when you have a lot of authority, you create a heart of submission. When this man came to Jesus, he was taking all his authority and he was saying, hey, I'm submitted to you. And then authority is not permanent. What authority you have today, you may have to realize, hey, that's going to go away. Another thing, authority is to help others, not yourself. This man was coming to Jesus as a man of authority to a God of authority Not because he wanted personal help, but because he wanted help for his servant. 
See, authority has to be understood. That the object's not me having authority. The object is me using the authority to help other people. When it's all said and done, nobody's going to care about the authority I have. What they are going to care about is how I use that authority. Did I use it to benefit others or did I use it to benefit me? Right now, there's an individual on the news. He just stepped down of this major company that was one of those cute end companies right now. But he sold all his stock very, very quickly. He didn't do anything wrong, but he knew his company was in trouble. But he had literally bought a mansion. And there's nothing wrong with a mansion. Except everything this man did was to elevate him and not to help people. If you have authority, the test of it is who do you help and how do you help? The next principle, authority without love is abuse. Authority without love is abuse. This man had authority, but he's going to use his authority to access Jesus, to ask Jesus to use his authority. Remember, this man had authority in some areas, but he didn't have authority over sickness and disease. Jesus had that authority. So he's going to use authority to access authority, but he's not doing it for him. He's doing it for someone else because authority is always to be exercised in love. My spiritual father used to put it this way. If you're going to make a mistake, always err on the side of love. It's the only way to manage authority because authority becomes a difficult thing if it becomes ambitious or it becomes self-centered. I'm saying a lot of things to you, but I'm hoping you're getting the core message. If you're listening to this, you probably have authority. What I know is you don't have authority everywhere. You're going to have to lead in areas where you have authority and where you don't have to authority. And leadership is the ability to master both sides, where you have it and where you don't, where you're in control and where you're not in control. But ultimately, all of our authority has to be submitted to God. And we all know that our authority is fleeting. It's not going to be permanent. And we all recognize that our authority is not to position us, but to help others. And we understand that authority, if exercised without love, becomes abuse. And we don't need any more of that. I want you to think through this. And I want you to think through where you have authority and where you don't have authority. I want you to think through if you're complaining about where you don't have authority. And I want you to think through maybe how you're using the authority you have. And how you navigate those areas that you don't have authority. So I want you to think through, because this is a reality check. This is a reality check. 
to help us understand as leaders, we have authority. But that authority has to be balanced with an understanding of who ultimately has all the authority. Thank you so much for listening to this. I just want to remind you again, we have roundtables in Orlando, Albuquerque, St. Louis, and Nashville. Uh, Being in the room is the best way to multiply leadership. I want to encourage you that if you're looking for a good way to develop leaders, get my leadership curriculum. You can go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com and get it. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com.